This podcast is proudly brought to you by Paul's Strength Book, an app for everyone. For less than $2 a day, you can have full access to weight training programs, nutrition, recipes, macro calculators, video library, and you can also track all of your metrics, including weight, measurements, strength, and performance. Search for Paul's Strength Book in all good app stores now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we've got a very special guest. Karina Haggerty is probably not a household name just yet, but she is a world champion and she's a world champion in the sport of trampolining. That's right, trampolining. Now that may not be a mainstream sport, it may not be a sport that you generally recognize, but it has world championships, it has Olympics, they're part of the Olympic program, and it has multiple countries that participate in these events. So when I had an opportunity to chat to Karina and she agreed to come on, I thought, great, this is going to be awesome because we're going to be able to chat about health and fitness, her training, the sport of trampolining, what's required, what's involved, and all of the upcoming events, including a world championship in about a month's time, as well as potentially making the Olympic team next year. So I must thank Karina for her time and obviously her um, transparency. But for now, let's have a chat to Karina and find out all about trampolining. Good afternoon, Karina. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Very good. Thank you. We we're just chatting off air about um, how this is such a left field subject um, for myself on the podcast. But I heard you on SEN Radio, or not you personally, but uh, Rachel from Wild Nest on SEN Radio. And um, obviously, she spoke about your sport and yourself in relation to that. And, and I thought, you know what, there's a good opportunity here to, to get some, um, get an interview or just a chat about. Uh, trampolining, which is obviously your chosen sport. So do you want to talk about the sport in general first, uh, a little bit about it? Because obviously anyone who isn't familiar with it would just assume it's, you know, the the one in the backyard where kids jump up and down on, but there's obviously a lot more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. And, then, well, um, and the fact that it's your chosen sport and it's going to be in the Olympics very shortly. Yeah. So um, honestly, you're not wrong in people assuming that it is the backyard trampoline because yep. that is where majority of us start. Um, having fun on that backyard trampoline. And I know that's that's where my coach started as well, um, right. back all the way back in the 1980s, I think he was competing. Um, so yeah, you're not you're not wrong in that one. Um, so trampoline as a sport has four different disciplines under that umbrella um, and comes under the umbrella of gymnastics. Um, I mean, we, we traditionally you'd think about trampoline as, you know, your your average trampoline, square, rectangle. Um, we jump on one of those. Uh, they're just very expensive, very good equipment. Um, and we jump as high as we can, doing as many flips as we can in 10 skills. We call them skills. Um, trying to fit as many twists and flips in those 10 skills as possible, doing mm-hmm. them to the best of our ability. Um so it's essentially jump as high as you can, flip as much as you can, as nice as you can, and there's a sport. 
Wow. Okay. It seems simple. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Um, so is there a time limit to each event, like each, each um, skill set or whatever you want to call it? Is there a time you have to get this done by? No. So we have um, our, I mean, our sport's a little bit different in the sense that we want our routine to take as long as possible Oh, okay. Um, because we want to be jumping as high as possible. Right. Um, so we have a time limit, which we have to start in. We get up mm-hmm. to three minutes to start our 10 skills, which is mm-hmm. a very long time, actually. Yeah. Um, but then once we start those 10 skills, they need to be in, um, in sequence. So they all, they're all back to back. Um, and they have, we want them to take as long as possible. Right. So the three minutes obviously allows you to get as high as you can generate the, 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 the force, the height, um, to obviously so I'm assuming the higher you are, the more time you've got in the air, therefore you've got more time to do your twists and turns, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. That makes sense. So um, just back to the equipment, why is it so expensive compared to a backyard trampoline? Is it just because it provides obviously that that higher um, spring or is it there other stuff to it? Oh, I mean, personally, I don't really know, to okay. be honest. Um, yep. But I, as is most sporting equipment mm. you know quality is as good as you can probably get in a trampoline and then yep. we use specific springs and a speci- uh, specific trampoline bed and a specific frame and then you've got to get it all shipped over from germany and yeah, wow. it all just adds up <laughs> and how is um it, i'm assuming there's there's still a risk for injury right so how do, how does that get mitigated in terms of protection are, are you surrounded by like gym mats everywhere or is it um sunk into the ground or what, what's the what's the deal with that yeah, so the the trampolines are normally on flat ground, as you'd probably expect a backyard trampoline to be as well. Yep. Um, we do have two mats on end frames that are connected to the trampoline. So if we fly off the end, we've got a mat to land on, and then those end frames and the trampoline are surrounded by ground mats as well. So um, we, we're definitely safe enough to be to be landing on the floor, even though that's not where we want to be landing. Of course. Um, and we will normally have at least one coach standing to the side of the trampoline holding a throw mat as well. So oh, they'll throw really? that underneath us if we need to, and oh. that helps to negate the trampoline spring if we're landing a little bit wrong or we're feeling oh. a little bit uncertain or, um, yeah, it just keeps us safe. Absolutely. Wow. Um, talk about your – now, you've uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, you've won a world title, is that right? Yeah, talk to, talk to us about that because, you know, again, this is a sport that's not mainstream, so not many people know – what you can and can't do in terms of competition and, and, you know, events and can you travel and, you know, all these sorts of things. And we'll obviously get to the funding and stuff um, soon. But, yeah, talk to me about the world title, when that was, how you won it, um, and anything else that's sort of relevant to that. Yeah, so I was very lucky last year to be a part of the women's double mini team. So double mini is another um, of those disciplines in our sport. Yep. You can probably compare it a little bit to combining a trampoline with your traditional vault that you'd see in artistic gymnastics. Okay. Um, we run up to it, we jump on the trampoline, we flip onto it, we flip off it, we do our best to land. It's two skills. It's a lot simpler. Um, is it synchronized? Is that what? No, no, it's oh. just the one trampoline. Um, okay. but it, it looks a bit like that. Right. So you jump on the slopey bit, then you jump on the flat bit, then you jump off. Okay. Um, it's very fun. I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, so I was very lucky to be a part of the Australian team with three other beautiful women last year um, for the 2022 World Championships in Sofia, actually wow. wearing that shirt. Um, and we 
were we went into the competition with the goal of meddling because mm-hmm. we had come fourth many a time, um, which hurt us a lot. Um, and so we, I know personally, anyway, we qualified for the team final. And when we walked out of our hotel room that morning, I was like, I'm going to bring back a bronze medal. Like we are going to bring back a bronze medal. And, um, and only three out of four, your four team members compete in this team final Mm -hmm. and every score counts. So like everything's on the line here. Mm. Um, and yeah, we went into the final with the goal of just enjoying ourselves, having fun and doing what we do best. And we managed to walk away with with gold, which was How very, good. very cool. Um, yeah. So it was a bit nice walking out of the hotel room going, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring back a bronze. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we won. <laughs> That's awesome. Well done. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. Um So how many countries compete in this sport? Like how many countries were there at this world titles? Um, so it depends on the discipline, to be honest. Right. With okay. um, with our Dominic team final, their top five teams go into that final. Um, okay. I think last year in women's Dominic there were six teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to men's individual trampoline, there were eighty eight competitors. Wow. Um, and for the women, there were I think seventy or high sixties. Mm. Um, yeah. So there are a fair few people that compete. Yep. Um, which is very cool. I guess that means that's why we're we we're in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that's why you'll only see individual trampoline in the Olympics yes. as well, is because there's not enough competitors at the moment in double mini or tumbling, which is our other main discipline. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what is it like at these competitions? Is it uh quite ruthless in terms of the competition? Like, are you guys sort of standoffish to each other in in regards to you know your competitors, or are you quite friendly and there's a bit of banter and things like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are surprised when they come to a trampoline competition. Yep. Um, no one's mean to each other. Like, there's no standoffishness. We're all supporting each other. Everyone's cheering for everyone. Um, It's just, it's such a beautiful environment. And I really love competing with the group of people that I get to compete with. It, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. That's good to hear. So talk us about, talk to us about your training regime. I'm sure, I'm assuming it's going to be very specific to your sport. Um, you know, what type of training do you do other than obviously, you know, practicing the trampoline itself? Do you do any strength training? Do you do any cardio based training, endurance, stretching, mobility? What's, what's the, um, the regime like? And is it, is it full on? Like, are you training, you know, 40 hours a week in preparation for the Olympics or ha- how does it all break down? Um, so again, I think I'm going to surprise a few people here. Yep. So I'm on the trampoline for six sessions a week. Each session is only two hours at maximum. So wow, I'm okay. only on the trampoline 12 hours a week. Yeah. Um, and that is to try and mitigate any overuse injuries, which okay. of which we see a lot because we're a high impact sport. Yep. And especially being female, um, you know, the calcium deficiency that we naturally have, mm-hmm. bones are not they're not happy about the, the high intensity stuff. So we, we do our best. All right. Um off the trampolines, I'm in the gym only twice a week at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, about an hour, two hour sessions, depending on how I decide I want to go about it. Okay. Um, my training is majority resistance training. So I do a lot of lifting, a lot of strength, a lot of um, combined movements over mm-hmm. single muscle movements. Mm-hmm. And all of my cardio is on the trampoline. So that's all done in those 12 hours. I don't do any extra cardio training. Yep. Um, I undertake mobility every day, 
with a minimum of eight minutes just after training up to half an hour um, in the morning, depending on what my schedule allows for. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's pretty much it. Okay. So within a week, did you, do? because you mentioned off air you're studying as well. So do you hold down a job as well on top of that to uh, to obviously, you know, pay to live? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. It's a pretty busy week by the sounds of it then when you put all that together, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I I am very lucky that I my job is coaching where I train, um, okay. but I am normally working 13 to 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am currently doing a master's degree. So there's studying on top of that and Absolutely. then all my training. And yeah, it's it keeps me busy in terms of time management and obviously managing stress and you know you get to the, the back end of a semester at uni and obviously you know assessments are due and stuff like that but you've still got to train i'm assuming you get up early to do certain things so do you, do you find you can manage that relatively well or does sometimes it just gets a little bit better of you and you feel a little bit overwhelmed oh i think as everything it all implodes sometimes yep. um i'm very lucky to have a fantastic support team around me um acu has a fantastic elite athlete program mm-hmm. um who i've only just started my masters and they've been as supportive as ever um, so that's fantastic um as well as coaches are understanding bosses understanding which is why i really enjoy where i work because they see me train so they get it absolutely fantastic unreal um what about nutrition? Is there anything specific that you do or have or have to eat um, to support not only the training but um, energy-wise and all these sorts of things? You know, obviously, nutrition plays a big role in any sport, so I'm, I'm assuming there's a component to that for you? Yeah. Um, so I work with a dietitian, which, okay. honestly, she's my lifesaver. Yep. Um, I follow her nutrition plan, but there are no set meals or anything like that. It's more portion sizes. So... Um, we've mapped out all my portion sizes of carbs, proteins, and veg, um, dependent on my training schedule for the day. So if I'm doing a double session, I'll have a heavier carbs, um, in, in like at lunch or at breakfast, depending on my timing. Um, and there might be a few more snacks through that day. Um, whereas on a day, like a recovery day, there's normally less carbs and more protein to try and help facilitate that recovery. Um, I personally also have to eat more calcium or try and do my best to get more calcium and iron in my diet because that lovely female triad um, (laughs) really, really affects me. But yeah, it's, it's honestly super simple, which is lovely. Like there's nothing specific we have to really focus on, which is great. It's more just making sure that our body has the fuel that it needs. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Out of curiosity, I don't know if you know this, do you know, any sort of guide as to how many calories you would burn when you train for two hours on the trampoline or even, even what your heart rate would get up to. I'm fascinated by that. Um, my heart rate. So I wear this lovely little band when I train. Um, actually I wear it 24 seven. Um, and it tracks everything and it likes to tell me that my heart rate during training spans from about 60 to 90% max. Wow. Um, sometimes okay. we get up into that 90 to 100 max range as well, yeah, right. um, depending on the day and how uh-huh. I'm feeling. Um, Calorie-wise, no, haven't no, done the calculations. That's okay. No, that's all right. Um, I was just curious, yeah. But, yeah, the heart rate does get up there, and it, it tends to spike a lot more because we'll get on the trampoline, it'll spike, and then we'll get off and recover, and then get on and spike and get off yep. recover. Absolutely. So, so do you find – so I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but do you find, like, when you're in – 
whether it be competition or, or training, and you're obviously, you know, for lack of a better term, mind, excuse my naivety here, jumping up and down. Um, are you aware that your heart – are you, like, short of breath? Are you aware that you're fatiguing? Like, how does your mind operate when you're flipping and jumping and things? Um, honestly, it doesn't really – it doesn't click in that way until after we get off. I'm like, oh, okay. God, I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> but, but we do have to be reminded quite a bit that we need to breathe through our skills because – in a routine, ideally, we want this routine to be taking 30 to 40 seconds. Right. Um, and you can't go that long without breathing, we Absolutely. found out. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we do get quite out of puffs, but it's not something that quite makes it into the mindset in the middle of the air because um, you're thinking about everything else, like, oh, I've got to set my arms properly and I've got to kick out at this time and I've got to, you know, hold down to the bed and stay tight to make sure that the next one goes up. Yeah, well. uh, and then you get off and you go, oh, my God, died. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so just on that, so you, you're talking about like you're, you're midair and you're thinking about your next manoeuvre. Do you go through that in your mind before you actually do the the event or the discipline, um, you know, in terms of where you need to be, how you need to position yourself, where your arms go, all that sort of stuff? Are you are you constantly rehearsing that in your mind so you know the the sequence? Yeah, yeah. So um, my pre-comp routine's specifically um i know everyone's is different Mm -hmm. um but mine specifically involves some visualization and then i'll run through as i'm visualizing i'll keep my eyes open and i'll go through the movements like just kind of moving my body minutely just to kind of start those fast action muscles um but it's um yeah the main thing to us is is keywords and i know majority of people will use keywords in um in our sport because that's what our coaches do as well they'll cue us while we're on the trampoline so you try and replicate those cues as much as you can Mm -hmm. and while we're competing our coaches can't talk to us oh really Um, no so we're we're a bit unique that way in the sense that if our coaches talk to us we get a deduction right um and so we do our best not not to have that happen geez that must be Um, hard for them uh as a coach it can be sometimes because it's just out of habit you want to go call out you can't yeah wow oh okay yeah that'd be very challenging to do but I guess um you know if that, if that that's the rules that's the rules. Yeah, and I mean we train that way too. So yes, um it, it it almost gets to the point where you're you're imagining your coach calling yeah. as you go through the motions um yep. which is not a bad thing because it means it becomes subconscious which is Absolutely. fantastic. Repetition, yeah. 100%. Very much so. Wow, okay. So talk to me about the Olympics. So if I remember correctly, trampolining was an exhibition sport at, at a previous Olympics. Is that right? Do you, is that am I thinking? We've yeah, so we've been in the Olympics since two thousand. Okay, um, but before that, I think we were an exhibition sport nineteen ninety six. I think or ninety two. I'm not really sure to be honest. Okay, so it was officially a sport from Sydney. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Um, so. What's the qualification process? Are, are you? Do you have to be a certain ranking, or do you have to go through a series of events to qualify as an Australian? How does that work? Yeah, so it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, we have two ways that we can qualify to the Olympics. Yep. Um, either through our World Cup circuit, which started back in July and will finish in April. Okay. Um, or through World Championships, which are coming up and placing top eight in the final. Right. Um, only one person from each country can qualify a spot wow. and that spot is not a named spot so if you qualify it it's still not yours until you are named on the team is that right wow okay yeah. Pressure. Um, <laughs> yes 
our World Cup circuit is a little bit more convoluted than that. Right. Um, essentially, you go to all these World Cups, you perform, you rank, um, and then through those rankings, you get points. Yep. And then it's the top 12, I think, people um, who rank, or the top 12 countries, I should say, mm-hmm. who rank on that World Cup circuit after the top eight from World Championships are taken out. Uh, okay. Um, so it's done again on an individual basis, and you can only get one spot for your country, and it's still not a named spot until you're named on the team by the Australian Olympic Committee. Wow. Okay. And so, all right, so what, what, what year are we in? So 24 next year, so the Olympics is next year. So when do they name that in terms of lead time? Is it is it next year? Is it this year? How, how does that all work? Yeah, so it's most likely, we don't have a date, but it's okay. most likely that it will be named after our national championships because mm-hmm. that's normally the final selection event. Okay. Um, depending on what the World Cup circuit looks like right. at the end of next year. Okay. Um, if, if both New Zealand and Australia don't qualify a spot in either of the two ways, mm-hmm. um, then we get, we go into what's called Oceania Championships oh, and okay. Oceania gets allocated a spot for the region mm-hmm. and we battle it out and whichever country wins gets the spot. So does Oceania um, and- include Pacific Islands and, and things like that, or is it purely just Australia and New Zealand? Uh, it does. I, I'm pretty sure it would, okay. but yep. there we don't have any um, competitors at the moment from those regions okay. as much as we would love to see them come and participate. Sure. Okay. Wow, what a ruthless way to uh, have to get into the Olympia. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it is the Olympics, so it's the echelon of competitive sport, isn't mm. it, really? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know where to go from here in regards to how – how, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, an appropriate way to ask this. Like, where are you positioned at the moment? Are you, and, and do you feel you're going to be in a position to potentially make that spot? Um, so I am, this is, so first of all, this is my first year as a senior on any individual trampoline team. So okay. I'm, I'm very new to this and yep. I'm very grateful to, for the opportunity to start developing in this role. Okay. Um, from for the moment, Paris twenty twenty four might be on the cards if I get lucky. Um, okay. It is. It was an aim, um, but the first couple of World Cups didn't quite go to plan, um, and that was okay. Yep. They're using this as a development cycle now, and mm-hmm. I'm targeting twenty twenty eight more so than twenty four. Fantastic. Um, so I'm really grateful and really proud to be part of a team that looks like we're gonna we're gonna get an Olympic spot for the men and the women. How good and. Um, and to help those guys to get there too. Yeah, absolutely. So if if 28 is your main focus, does that mean you will still be eligible or competing for 32 in Brisbane? Yeah, that's, oh, no, that's, that's exciting. That's what my coaches are trying to convince me to stay for. <laughs> Obviously, you'll be slightly older then, but that shouldn't matter. <laughs> we'll see how the body's going. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a, that raises an interesting point because from what I know about, obviously, top competition in, in gymnastics, floor gymnastics and stuff, it's very much a youthful sport, right? Is is um, trampolining the same? And is that just due to the durability or the just the, the high impact of the of the sport? Um to be honest, I think we're seeing that change across all gym sports. Um okay. I think we're actually seeing the median age of, of senior athletes get older, which is fantastic. Means that, is that people yeah. are starting to look after their bodies more. Yep. Um we're starting to find some longevity in our sport, which is awesome. Um I know that our only um, 
back-to-back Olympic champion for trampoline, Rosie McLennan from Canada. I believe she was 32 at her last Olympics in 2021. Okay. Um, And a lot of other people I know haven't retired until their late 20s, early 30s either, Mm -hmm. and that was mostly because they were like, I want to go start a family and not because their bodies couldn't take it, which, which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, it's really good for the sport because obviously, you know, the assumption or, you know, I've made it as well is that given its high impact and I'm assuming gymnastics is very similar, the body without the sports science that we have now is broken down over time or you've got injuries that you have to try and overcome and things like that. So um, that's really good that you can be mm. 32 and obviously top of your game still. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is really good. And I think the, I think it used to be that, you know, oh, you go to one Olympics and you're done. Yep. Whereas now people are going, oh, but I could stay and do two, but then it's a short cycle and it's only three years, so maybe I'll do three. Yep. And um, and it's just lengthening the life of our athletes more, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, that's exciting. Um, oh, well, we'll be watching with um with great interest uh, over the next eighteen months, or actually it's less than that now, isn't it? Twelve months. It is. Yeah. yeah. We we have a countdown on our training board of days uh, to Paris, and we're about to break the three hundred. And wow. my one of my training partners is uh panicking a little bit over that. <laughs> is um do, so they take obviously an individual. Do they, is there like a backup spot in case there's injury or anything like that? Or yeah, if, if yeah. that happens, you just get called in later. Yeah, so they'll they'll name the primary gymnast and they'll name a reserve. Okay. Um, and the reserve will get called up if the um if the primary gymnast gets injured or can't compete. Okay. Um, up until a certain point. Um, I believe once the athletes in the village, um, for trampoline anyway, because Australia doesn't take their reserves over. Mm-hmm. Um, once the athlete is in the village, the reserve won't get called. I okay. believe. Yep. Don't quote me on that. Though. No, no, no. I understand. Um. All right. So let's talk about funding the cost of doing this book. So as I said, it's not mainstream. So I'm assuming there's not a lot of sponsorship dollars. There's not a lot of funding from the government or anything like that. Um, and, and obviously talk about the assistance from Waddleness too, because they obviously have played a big part in getting you to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so we are really lucky, as I said before, that we fall under the umbrella of gymnastics, mm-hmm. which means that any support that the government gives to gymnastics, Australia can get divvied up towards okay. trampoline as well. Um, however, that is only individual trampoline. So the disciplines that are non-Olympic miss mm-hmm. out completely wow, from the okay. get-go. Right. Um, so up until this point, we've been doing it fully self-funded. Wow. Um, I've, uh, I started competing internationally in 2013 or mm-hmm. 2012, sorry. Um, so it's been 11 years and mum and dad funded every single dollar. Wow. So we're talking international flights, accommodation, um, equipment. Entry fees, food. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good uniforms. We don't get, we don't get given our uniforms. We buy them. Oh, is that right? Holy yeah. Um, so yeah, I honestly so grateful to mom and dad for that. Um, couldn't have done it without them. <laughs> um, 100%. Wow. Yeah. So when Rachel came along with the Waddle Nest, it mm. was, um, it was a dream come true. Like what she was trying to do for athletes like me was something that we'd never seen before. And I cannot express how grateful I am for Rachel and to have her come across my path because she is making this so much easier and just allowing me to be able to 
train and fulfill my full potential um, by not having to worry about, oh, am I going to be able to pay the rent? No, I can't meet my nutrition needs this week because I can't afford it. Um, and so because of that, I can, I'm going to worlds and I don't have to, like, I'm, I'm not having to find money for that, which is Mm. amazing. I've never had to do that. Like I've never done that before. Um, so that's really, really cool and very exciting. And I'm so grateful and thankful to her and to everyone who, um, has come together with Rachel to support athletes like us, Mm. um, yeah, it's, I think it's amazing what she's doing. And I really, really hope that people get on board behind her because it's so needed, especially with 2032 being here in Brizzy. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Um, so explain what, what she actually does. Cause obviously she, she sources funding, um, for you guys for, for lesser known sports. Cause I had a look at her website and she's got a, a massive caliber of athletes there that are doing sports that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, so Rachel and the Waddle Nest mm. um, look to find corporate sponsors and support for athletes who are who have very little to no funding. Pretty yep. much anyone who's not professional, which is about one percent of the yeah. athlete population. Um, so that's essentially what she does, and in doing that, she sets up events to help support us, and she invites people from far and wide with her connections um, to to try and get behind us and try and get people behind these athletes um, who people aren't aware aren't funded. I, mm. I think that's a really, um, that was something that's been made really, really known to me over the past, you know, six months. People aren't actually aware that their top athletes don't get anything for doing their sport. They they get enjoyment, and that's, yeah, that's about it. it. They do it for love. They get yeah. enjoyment and bills. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's it. Um, so, and her advocacy, I think, is going to go a long way in developing the next generation of athletes, especially for twenty thirty two. Yep. And having twenty thirty two in our backyard means that, personally, anyway, I think means that people are going to get behind us, which is amazing. And Rachel's already got so many people on board and she's working so hard. Um, but there's there's even sports on there that people think are fully funded all the time, like swimmers and athletics. And um, yep. I was astounded to find out that athletes get nothing like we do. Yeah, I thought well. they got things as well, but apparently yeah. not, um, which you'd think they would with the amount of funding that goes towards it. Yes, and um, so probably more high-profile than you too. Yeah, yeah, like a lot, a lot. Well, athletics is something that everyone knows about, right? right. So yeah. it's it's very interesting um, to hear what what she's finding out and sourcing the information, and then seeing how she's helping not just me but so many different athletes from so many fields is remarkable. Mm, absolutely. Well, I mean. Like you said, with her support, you've managed to get to, you know, world championships and, and top tier competitions, which you potentially may not have achieved or, or you would have to ask mum and dad for some more help. Yeah, well. yeah. Well, especially with her being in England this year as well. Um, yeah, okay. The, the pound to the Australian oh, dollar not is good. not great at the moment. No, it's not. No. So where, where do you see the future of the sport? Like, obviously, we've hit the Olympics. Um, it's going to be a mainstay there, given it's been there since 2000. But do you see it becoming professional at any given time? Is there going to be an opportunity for you to make a living out of it? Or is it simply 
just a, a sport of passion than anything else? Um, I don't think there will ever be a way for me to make a living out of competing yep. in trampoline um, because I think that that would require some change of our code of points okay. to facilitate the necessary viewership and spectatorship and interest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, personally, I think it's quite an interesting sport, but oh, sure it's it just not put out there enough for people to go, oh, wow, and then sometimes it can take, like, Things can be a little bit too repetitive sometimes as well. Even I'll say that okay. um, with athletes, you know, you'll see a lot of athletes do very similar routines because yep. we're trying to get to the same difficulty levels as each other. So yep, I, I, I can understand how it's not necessarily entirely a spectatorship sport, but with how things are changing, we might see a, a, a change in that. Who knows? You never know. You might be asked to perform at a, I don't know, a Krusty Demons event or something like that. well that is like that is the only way we can really make a living out of this right is by when we retire we we've seen a lot of athletes go through to Cirque du Soleil okay um and that being our like I know that's probably the main facet of where athletes go to afterwards if they're quite quite performer centric I don't know uh, it's an option, isn't it? That, that, it always very, very well um, respected and, and and followed. So, so like, yeah, 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 I'm sure there's um there's going to be some opportunity at some point, given uh, particularly if there's you know if there's a high level of success and repeated success, then obviously that will bring more attention and profile. Yeah, you well, hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you got to applaud Wellness for what they're doing because without them, as you mentioned, um, the, the spotlight wouldn't be on you at all or very little. You know, you might get yeah. a little blurb in the in the paper here and there, but that's about it. So that's fantastic that they're doing. Well, I mean, with with all of that, I looked in the paper the other day, and there was a two page spread of my photo, and I was oh, like, wow. "That's insane!" How um, good Monday Morning Career Mail a couple of weeks back. I was like, "Okay, that's cool. There you go. That's fantastic." Yeah. Well, that I mean, yeah. that's that's what they're doing. So that's really good. So who yeah. knows? Like that might generate more momentum and. You know, five years time, or even for twenty thirty two. You know, you guys might be at the forefront of the team. You uh, hope so, yeah, which maybe. Exciting, yeah. Fingers crossed, hundred percent. So, where, when is the this um, event in England? Is that towards the end of this year? Yeah, so it's coming up pretty quickly. I okay. actually leave for England on the twenty second of October. Okay, yeah, well, um, yeah, and our competition starts on the 9th of November. Okay, um, so and- we'll go over for a, a pre training camp. Yep. Uh, or pre-comp camp and then go into comp mode when we get into the arena, have a couple of training sessions, and then it's go time. Wow. Okay. And this is a world title? Yep, this yep. is world championships. World championships. Okay, cool. Yep. And and in, in terms of the setup, are, are they just like at an indoor venue? Is it and then yep. they just obviously set it up in accordance to that? And do you operate operate, that's the wrong word. Do you participate one at a time or are there multiple people um trampolining at once? Um, so there will only ever be one male and female going at the same time. Okay. Um, so the way our trampolines are set up is we get a choice of two, but they're normally facing each other like this. So the men will be over on this side and the women will be over this side and there'll be like two set up like that side by okay. side. Yep. Um, and they can have a men's competitor going and a women's competitor going with two panels of judges. Right. Um, is that the and then, uh, another person moving depends, around? depends who's on the other side. Um, okay. if it's, if it's one of my training partners, sometimes, but right, right. you learn to you learn to narrow in. Okay. Um, but then on top of that, you've also got people running at the double mini and people running down the tumbling floor um, mm. in the same arena. So okay. 
it's um you get used to it. You create almost a little bubble when mm. you get on the trampoline. It'd be fascinating to know what you're thinking and how you know, just as you're spinning around on all axes. It must be just yeah, I'd be freaking out. <laughs> I mean, we try not to think too much for that reason. Yeah, well, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, fair enough. I suppose you just go into sort of a, a mode of robotic behaviour where you're yeah. just from all the hours of training, right? Oh, wow, that's fascinating. What a what a sport. That's very, very cool. So is it is it um, – can anyone – can you watch it online? Is it available to be viewed? That's a really good question that I can't answer. Okay. Um, most likely all our qualification routines will be uploaded to YouTube. Okay. And then all the semifinals and finals will also probably be live streamed on YouTube. On YouTube. Um, okay. But we won't find out until the orientation meeting, which is like two days before the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, SBS sometimes actually will put us on SBS, which okay. was, I was flicking through channels one day and saw a replay of my World Cup final there last year. Oh, cool. That was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I have seen that SBS is starting to cover trampoline more. Or trampoline and gymnastics in general more, which is very okay. cool. Yep. Um, but they obviously won't do it live. It'll be um, after the rights have been released from the FIG. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say YouTube's best bet here. Okay. Fantastic. You just said F- FRG. Is that the governing F- body? FIG, yeah. F-I-G. The Federation of International Gymnastics. Ah, very cool. Okay. All right. Unreal. Well, look... I'll wind it up now, Karina. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating. I've, I've, you know, like many people that probably will listen to this, knew nothing about the sport other than, like I said at the very start, the one in your backyard, which I actually have. I'm looking at one right now for my kids, but uh, they're certainly not doing what you can do. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and I'll finish like I do with every question, every podcast I have a guest on, and that is personality question, and that is who would you like to invite over for dinner? So if you could invite anyone over for dinner, oh. um. Male, female, alive or dead, fictional, non-fictional, who would you have over? And it can be more than one if you like. It's good. It's a good question because it makes you think. Mm. Um, you know, do you have a fan favourite? Do you have a, a, a um, I don't know, someone you admire, someone who inspires you or some someone you just uh, liked when you were a kid? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, or... I would, I think I would love to sit down and have a conversation over dinner with, um, Rhiannon Ifland, who is one of Australia's premier and actually the world's, um, premier cliff divers. Wow. Um, who started in trampoline. Um, oh, okay. There's another avenue. Cause yeah. Cliff diving, oh, cliff diving. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cliff diving makes a reasonable uh, income. Yeah. Cause it's sponsored by Red Bull, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. I didn't realize there was a parallel there. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, have a chat with her. So she's obviously a very successful cliff diver and has been for quite a while. Yeah, just the way that she's able to get up on the platform and just seem to zero in every single time to do mm. the same thing every single time the same way um, is absolutely fascinating. And I would love an insight into her mental her mental game. Yeah, 100%. Well, just a, um, and obviously, you know, it, it's that and the obvious, but you can't have a fear of heights when you're doing something like that or even trampoline oh for that matter, but... To get into the zone and force yourself to jump off what is a couple of hundred meters high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, um, they jump off. I think the females jump off of 21 meters. I want to say. Um, (laughs) I, I'd love to try cliff diving, but I think I'd get up to the top and get too scared. (laughs) I never say never. Never say never. You never know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. That's right. 
Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Karina. Thank you so much for giving up your time. And I know you've oh, got thank you. in head in heading into uh, the World Championship. So best of luck with that. Um, well, I'll obviously uh, follow along on your Instagram. Is that the best place to, to keep Yeah, it? yeah, going. most likely. Okay. Um, I'm really bad at updating it, though. Um, <laughs> so Trampoline Sports Australia is is our team okay. um, Instagram, and that's where we'll probably be putting daily updates up there um oh. and that'll be where any live stream updates go to as well oh, cool all right well i'll I'll, uh, I'll put them in the, the their tag in the show notes and that way people can obviously follow along if they're interested to do so so fantastic so thank you once again best of luck um, thank you i will be watching with keen interest now that we've had a chat and uh and see how things go and then obviously lead into uh into paris which um will be very exciting um, yes obviously whether you make it or not it, it's still going to be represented by your sport which would be pretty cool Yeah, very much so. Excellent. All right, well, thank you once again and best of luck in the remainder of your competitions. Thank you. Well, I have to say I've certainly learned a lot about trampoline in a very short space of time. That was fascinating. Um, Obviously, a very uh, not well-known sport, but one that requires a huge amount of discipline, a huge amount of commitment, and um, as you heard from Karina herself, um, she's got to the top of her chosen discipline um, as a world champion, which is fantastic. So if you'd like to follow along Karina's journey, uh, you can find her on Instagram on Karina underscore H, I believe is her handle. Um, if you go to Gymnastics Queensland, um, the Federation, the International Federation of Gymnastics as well, all of these particular pages will also keep you updated on that. As she mentioned, it is part of uh, the gymnastics world in terms of a sport. So I'd like to thank Karina once again for her time and insight. And if you're uh, you're curious about uh, her future endeavours, then please follow along, and I'll be certainly keeping tabs on how she goes. That's for sure. So if you're interested in uh, in sharing this particular story, please share it on your stories um, on Instagram and Facebook. Tag myself, tag Karina, tag Gymnastics Queensland, tag um, the FIG as well. And uh, if um, you're interested in my coaching services or my training, now, please jump on paulsbodyengineering.com. Otherwise, as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.